A lot of conversation has been made so far this offseason on if, when, and how the Bulls will sign Nikola Vucevic. Well, today we're going to talk about what that contract length should be and how that could signal what the Bulls' long-term plans are with this roster. We're also going to ask if Dalen Terry should be prioritized next season as he's set to go into next season as the youngest member of the Bulls roster. We're going to talk about all that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. If you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes on every social media platform that I'm on. You can also follow the show at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we're on. But let's get into the conversation for today. So I want to talk about Nikola Vucevic a little bit, right? There's a lot of talk being made about the direction of the Chicago Bulls, some of it around Zach, some of it around DeMar, some of it if, if the Bulls should let Nikola Vucevic walk, right? And we've kind of hit on all those topics and spots. But the one thing that I want to talk about today is if Nikola Vucevic is re-signed by the Chicago Bulls, not even the contract money, right? We, we can talk about the money at a later date, right? And with the NBA Finals starting soon, as we're going to have Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. Um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to have the talk because as the NBA has changed the rules, basically the day after the NBA Finals ends, teams can start re-signing their own free agents. Now, I still have not gotten a clear outline on what that means for signing trades, if that still does apply, considering a signing trade is the team re-signing their player and then immediately training them, because if that is the case, we may see an unprecedented amount of moves even before the NBA draft, which is usually the unofficial beginning of the NBA offseason, but with teams able to assign their own free agents right after the NBA finals, we can start seeing a little bit more movement, right? So if the Bulls do re-sign Nikola Vucevic, the bigger question that we're going to ask here today, rather than the number on the contract, is the length of the contract. So if the Bulls are able to re-sign Nikola Vucevic to a shorter-term deal, right, considering that you got to look at there that in 2025 offseason is the next time that they're really set to have a nice amount of money off their books, right? And not to say that they would sign Nikola Vucevic to only a two-year deal. I mean, hey, weirder things have happened. I think more than likely the shortest term deal that we're looking at Vooch signing is probably a two plus one and that plus one either being a player or a team option with Vooch's age, how long he's been around the NBA and his output, the fact that he's still one of the top 10 players at his position. It's more than likely going to be a player option, meaning that Vooch would then have the control to decide if that deal is going to end early or not. Now, why that also still does help the Chicago Bulls. If we're looking at the 2025 offseason as the next time that the Bulls are going to make significant moves in free agency, doesn't mean that they're not going to still improve the roster between now and then, but if that's the next time that the Bulls are going to make a significant, a big splash, kind of like what they did when they brought in DeMar, Alonzo, AC, having Nikola Vucevic as an expiring contract going into that season could be beneficial to the team that if they need to move it or make a pivot, right, or open up even more money or want to go after a sign-and-trade, it could be beneficial for the team in that area, right? And then even then, depending on when the date of Vooch's opt-out is, you can trade him just even with that being said, and then he could decide or the team could decide to opt out of that deal, make it partially guaranteed, whatever. So I think that looking at the length of Vooch's next contract as well is going to tell us really 
kind of where this team is headed mentally, right? What is the long-term plans and goals for this team that has so much that they need to add to really get back to being a contender, right? Again, competing, contending are different things. The Bulls can be a competitive team any season, right? Depending on how how little tweaks, but to get back to contending, right? Um, over time, that would then put us, we'd be around the five-year mark of, of AK and Eversley running this team, and that may be where they want to make their next move. And so with that said, I do think that a shorter or longer term deal, right? If he goes the full five years that he can get on an extension, that would also then signal that the Bulls aren't going to really, not to say that they can't, because keep in mind, they will still have considerable cap space regardless or not, but it does signal the fact of this version of the team or some some shape, form of it, remnants of this version are still going to be planned to be on this team long term. And Either way, really, it opens the door for the Chicago Bulls. And I do think that when you look at AK and Eversley, I know and over on Locked on Bulls, I dropped a video today just talking about, you know, what needs to happen for Bulls fans to regain their trust in AK. And I think it's going to take time, right? I think we came in, and I, like I said, I put me in, my, in, in that group as well. When they came in and it seemed like they had a vision, we were rocking and rolling with it. But because things haven't worked out, Lonzo's injury, the, the, the combination of the three players of, of Zach Levine, Vooch, and DeMar just not really getting to, to the heights that I'm sure that they hoped that they were going to be able to. And when you look at it, I said over on Locked on Bulls, I think every front office gets two and a half rebuilds, right? That, that's really kind of where, m m more like one and a half. Basically, you get two rebuilds as a front office. And by that, I mean full rebuilds if you're a good front office, right? Some only get one because they shoot themselves in the foot in a rebuild. And it really does depend on if ownership sees them trading so many number one picks that they traded for Vooch, get, sending out another one for DeMar. Did they see that as a rebuild? And that may, if they do, that may delay this front office really going true rebuild again, which we've already said. You've been a, if you've been a watcher for this channel for a while, I've been telling you guys, full rebuild ain't coming anytime soon. Retooling, yes. Rebuild, nah. Um, but... Depending on the length, if they're even able to re-sign Vooch, right? And keep in mind, this is taking that if Vooch does re-sign here. If Vooch decides to go elsewhere, then that's a completely different scenario and set of circumstances. And I definitely do not think that if Vooch walks, that they're going to be signing somebody to an extremely long deal. Expect a couple of years stopgap in that case before they get to that free agency of 2025. So looking at that, that contract from Vooch, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to signify a couple of things for us, right? Um, and it could be some things that happen even before then. If you talk about the Bulls trying to trade into the number three pick and things like that, that could happen even before we get to that point. But just stay on lookout for what Vooch ends up resigning for. I think that that's that not the number, but the contract length. And you know, of course, once he does officially resign, if he does, we'll break that down and even go into more detail there. But I really do think the length of that contract is going to tell us a lot. If you're able to read the tea leaves and I'm here to help read those tea leaves. So we'll go over that as it comes. But the next topic that I want to talk about is Dalen Terry. Right. And I think kind of all the minutia of talking about Vooch, talking about Kobe, talking about Io, talking about trading for a number three pick kind of a little bit overlooked is Dalen Terry and what his role is going to be next year for the Bulls. Because if the Bulls do not trade into the draft, Dalen Terry will be the youngest unless a trade happens. He's coming into the season more than likely the youngest member of the Chicago Bulls roster, right? And offers, at this point, probably the most unknown skill set and impact 
that we have of anybody on the roster. If we do not make a draft pick, Dalen Terry is kind of our de facto draft pick in that case, just by the nature of we did not use him in any meaningful way really last season outside of a couple of games, right? There are a couple of games where he got in in the first half and we were like, wow, look at them playing Dalen Terry early. But I do think, and before we get into this Dalen Terry of it, I know there are going to be some bullshins. What about Justin Lewis? Justin Lewis, listen, Justin Lewis is an undrafted rookie that was signed and he's on a two-way deal. And on top of that, right, he is uh he 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 comes at a position that we could use that as well. But as long as he's on the two-way deal, I need Bulls fans to realize a two-way contract, you are limited in the number of games you can play in the NBA. So unless that's converted into a full NBA contract, Justin Lewis is not going to be a big part of the Bulls rotation next year. And I've seen like some Bulls fans think or hope that or, and ask that question. Well, what how does Dalen Terry factor into it? Go back and look. We haven't really had, outside of that COVID year, two-way contracts have not really been a big thing of the Bulls. Outside of a couple of games where there's injuries or a couple of games where we're sitting some people or in the back half of the season, two-way contracts aren't really used here on the Bulls. So I don't know, and that's not to say that Justin Lewis's future isn't here on the Bulls, but I think either way, you're looking at a couple of developmental years for Justin Lewis before we really see him even get a chance to crack the rotation. But I wanted to address that because I knew it was probably going to come up in that comment section. But Dalen Terry and his role next season, how the Bulls see that, right? Are they going to Marco Simonovich Dalen Terry? Or was that first year in the G League as kind of what I thought it was, right? A, a, a chance for him to build on every one of his skill sets that he was not going to come, that he was not going to get before then. For a team in the Chicago Bulls that doesn't have a lot of salary cap, that, that needs to add a lot of things, expect Dalen Terry to be maximized. Not the far as like a featured player, but he's going to get every opportunity to crack that rotation and be a big part of the Bulls' day-in and day-out rotation. Now, how he performs in that is going to be telling, but I really do just want to talk about Dalen Terry's role next season. When you look at the raw skill set of Dalen Terry, right, defensively, defense, defense, energy, and athleticism to a degree, right? He's not the jump-out-the-gym worldly athlete, but he brings some of that, right? And those are all skill sets that the Bulls could absolutely use. Now, I think some Bulls fans, as I was at times, were kind of frustrated that at times where we needed and we clearly just needed a little bit more oomph, right? We needed a little bit of energy. We needed a little bit of something different that we didn't even go to Dalen Terry and just left him sitting on the bench. Now, that could be said. They didn't want to mess up his confidence, everything like that. But coming into a season where we, unless a big trade happens, we just don't have the money to add everything that we need. What does Dalen Terry bring, right? Now, you have some Bulls fans that think and, and look at him and say, hey, he can be a point guard. I think Dalen Terry's long-term position is more on the wing, either it be the two or the three. Uh, AK's even talked about wanting to see Dalen Terry play small ball four and five. So if that is any indication of kind of where they see Dalen Terry long-term, uh, it can give you that. But I, I'm looking at Dalen and I'm saying that because I don't see the Bulls making a ton, of moves. We've gone over it here on this channel. The Bulls literally, if they re-sign Kobe, if they re-sign Vooch, they have about $8 million under the luxury tax that they can wiggle with. And if Vooch does leave, you're still only at that point looking at being able to use your full mid-level exception, not really using a bunch of other things else. So I think that when you look at the Bulls who need some ball handling, who need some energy, who need some defense, Dalen Terry's shot was night and day, still has a lot of work. Let me be clear on that. The mechanics uh, the smooth motion, he still has a lot of reps he needs to get in to make that shot release its best possible, its most optimal. But Dalen has a skill set that the Bulls could absolutely use. 
when you also look at the fact that he's a Swiss Army knife. He can be played right now at the one, two, and some three, depending on how much more weight he adds in the offseason this season. But Dalen Terry is more than likely going to be our de facto draft pick coming into next season. Youngest player on the team, bring some energy, bring some age, is going to be uh, you know something that the, that the coaching staff may develop if they finally decide to develop somebody. Um, and I think that when you look at Dalen Terry and we have these conversations about what the Bulls need or may add, not to say that Dalen Terry fixes all that. That is not what I'm saying because I do not believe that. But I do think that it may be time that Dalen Terry is, is really prioritizing if he is and excels in that role. The reason why rookie scale contracts are so valuable to teams is because they are team friendly. And you really, you don't want to do what you did with Iowa. You don't want to only have a good sample size and a bad sample size, and you kind of have to decide between the two when it's time to give a player a big extension. Dalen Terry is going to be under contract a lot longer than Io, but you want as much data possible. That way, by time it is time to give him extension, which I think would then come in that 2025 season, the same offseason that the Bulls are slated to have the next big salary cap, right, or, or salary space, cap space. That's the word I'm looking for. That's slated to have some big cap space again. You want to have as much data on Dalen Terry to make that decision possible. And I think, hopefully, that we see Dalen Terry prioritize a little bit more in the rotation next season. Let me know what you guys think down below on both those topics. The contract length of Nikola Vucevic. Do you think the Bulls, if they do resign, are going to go more long-term or short-term when it comes to Nikola Vucevic? Do you even think that he'll accept that? And then with Dalen Terry being the youngest player on our roster, what do you think his role is? Do you think he's going to have a more clear role into next season? And do you think that will be beneficial for the Bulls and for Dalen? But all right, let's get into the mailbag. It's summer. It's offseason. I try to go into the mailbag at least once every episode if we have enough there just because of the nature of it. We got a voicemail and a text. This first voicemail, this one's from Mike Jones. Yo, what's going on, Hayes? It's Mike Jones. Uh, once again, man, appreciate all the content this summer. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job, bro. Keep up the good work. Keep leading the way. A um, couple thoughts. I was listening to your show uh, today. And, I mean, and honestly, all, 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 all offseason pretty much since, since the Bulls got out of the uh, the Bulls got out of the, out of the play-in tournament. And everybody's talking about Zach Levine number one. Zach Levine being a number one. He is a number one. He is a number one. Can he be? Could he be? Um, I think with the original makeup of this team and then from what we saw him do and unlock in Utah, what, what, what are your thoughts on with the original, maybe Lori Markkinen was supposed to be the number one on this team. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, could he be? I mean, and this, this is really just a question. I, I mean, I know we saw his numbers skyrocket. He won most improved. Um, I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know if he can get to an MVP type level. But the amount of numbers that Lloyd Marketing put up and the way his face was plastered all over the league last season. I mean, he never got that notoriety in Chicago. And Chicago is twice as big a market as Utah. Um, obviously, Lloyd didn't also always play that way. And I know you. I know you're going to say when you address this, that coaches and confidence has a lot to do with why Laurie did not unlock what he what he had. And I guess the second part to that is, should the Bulls maybe have held on to Laurie one more year and just seen what they had in him instead of pulling that trigger quickly and, you know, sending them off? So, I don't know, man. Just a couple of my thoughts. Uh, could Laurie Markin be a number one on the Chicago Bulls? Uh, 
has it kept him and hung around? And also, is he a number one in Utah? And what's his ceiling looking like? Thanks, Ace. Appreciate you, bro. And the question that a lot of Bulls fans want to ask. Okay, here's the thing that I'm going to say with this. And I know that, well, let me not say I know. I don't know how controversial this is going to be. Um, First off, you said that the Bulls, should the Bulls have held on to him? I'm going to start there. I'll get into, was he destined to be the number one? I'll get into that at some point, right? But should the Bulls have held on to them? I think we sometimes, as Bulls fans and as sports fans in general, kind of repaint history. Nikola Miritich, I'm Nikola Miritich, Laurie Markkinen was not going to re-sign with the Chicago Bulls. Everything that he had been through with the team at that point in time, been through with Jim Boylan, his confidence completely getting killed. It wasn't, uh, and, and you know, like somebody like Nickel, who's always in the comment section, leaves this all the time. But like, let's be clear. It wasn't the fact that the Bulls just saw Laurie and said, oh, yeah, we're going to send Laurie out. Laurie was done with the Bulls. There was not a realistic world in which Laurie Marketing was going to re-sign with Chicago. He was done. He was over it. His time here had made him lose his love for the game. He was not re-signing here. So, no, the Bulls were not. Even if they wanted to, they could not hold on to it. Now, as far as Laurie Marketing being the number one de facto option, let me say this. Laurie had tremendous growth last season, and he deserved to win the most improved player of the year. And a lot of that growth, though, came via a team that had no aspirations to win. The Utah Jazz won 37 games last season. 37. As disappointing as the Bulls' season was, still won more games than them. And I think we still, did we beat them every matchup that we played them? But here's the thing. That's why the role that you come into is as important as the output. Laurie came into a situation for a team that was going into a rebuild that really was giving everybody equal opportunity, and he excelled at it, right? And there are even still questions on if they're going to keep him long-term or use him, how good he's playing as trade bait. And I think because of that, we have to also paint that into what we're saying. Yes, Laurie had a great season, a great season for a team that missed the playing tournament, right? And not to say that we didn't see the glimpses of Laurie here. When you ask, was Laurie meant to be the number one in that trade? Here's what I'll say. Absolutely, he was meant to. And that's why the way that his career went was so disappointing. Keep in mind, the Bulls almost traded Jimmy Butler for Chris Dunn straight up, right? At getting Laurie, getting Zach were additives. Zach, in a lot of ways, was looked at as just the piece to make the contracts work, right? So Laurie was, when they brought in Laurie, they did see him as a as a as a piece that they could build around. Not necessarily saying that they saw him as a player that was going to be the number one if they were able to build a championship team, but they absolutely saw him as a part as a part of a centerpiece of a rebuild for the Bulls. Unfortunately, that front office could not build a team to save their damn life, right? And they didn't have an, a mind on roster construction. They just drafted players and just hoped one of them was, was going to hit. But Laurie Marketing and his growth here should be an indication of why this front office is not going to give up on their players early. Now, when it's all said and done, do I think that Laurie was a much better number one than Zach Levine? No. Just, just honestly, I do think that had we been able to hold on to him and had we not completely killed his confidence and we still had Zach and Laurie as centerpieces, you're looking at a much more versatile team offensively at least. You still got some issues defensively there. But Laurie and Vooch were never going to work as a front court unless you wanted to have switch with Swiss cheese in your front court. Um. But at the end of the day, did the Bulls make the right decision? They made the right decision because Laurie was going to leave for nothing. And they got something back. The problem in Laurie is, is that they, he had a front office that drafted him. That then every decision they almost made after they drafted him ended up negatively impacting him. And yeah, some of that is still on him. And him, take, and him not staying a level of consistency, not being able to stay healthy on top of that. 
But I, I just, I, I, I'm not somebody who reframes it and thinks, oh, that the Bulls made this. No, Laurie was gone. And that mistake was made before AK and Eversley took over this roster because Gar Pax put a coach in front of, in front of this team and would have held on to that coach, right? Keep in mind, when AK and Eversley came into this team, the ownership group wanted them to keep Jim Boylan on as the head coach. That is the, those are the type of decisions that ended up sending Laurie Marketing out of a Bulls uniform. All right, let's get into the last one that we have today. This one's actually a text message. He didn't leave his name, but this is a text message from the 708, and he says this. What's up, Bulls Central? Love to hear your opinion on this. Let's say the Bulls let Vooch walk, trade tomorrow, and we got a lot of money freed up by 2024 offseason. Do you see the Bulls making a run at signing Jalen Brown or AD in free agency? Here's what I'm going to say, and this is why bottoming out and usually thinking you're going to sign a marquee free agent just doesn't work. Unless you're one of the big free agent destinations in the Lakers, you can't even really say the Knicks anymore, right? Like, like, like it, it typically doesn't happen for you. And if the Bulls were to trade DeMar, trade Vooch, and if they weren't, didn't get pieces back that still made them competitive, Jalen Brown ain't going to want to come here. AD ain't going to want to come here. So the Bulls tying your destiny to free agency is always a bit of a struggle, right? That is why you saw, for example, when the Bulls team, uh, what was it, 2006, 2007, when we signed Carlos Boozer, brought in Kyle Korver, brought in Ronnie Brewer, when we made that move, we prepared for that for that free agency for about two years before, two or three years before, but we still had Noah. We still had Rose. We still had Luau Dang, right? We still had pieces of this roster that were attractive for somebody to come in and play with. We were still a team that was going on playoff run, right? As far as being a really good team, a solid team throughout the season, and then a team that just couldn't get over the hump in the playoffs. Just trading away players just for cap space, unless you're one of those marquee free agent destinations or have a transcendent superstar on your roster, typically doesn't work. And while I like Zach Levine, Zach Levine is not a superstar. He's just not one. And so unless he makes that leap between now and then, it's going to be extremely hard for you to get one of those players in free agency. I think it's more likely that you can try to trade one of those players and then have their bird rights and then try to convince them to stay. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that the Bulls are going to are going to be able, by what you laid out here, be a, be a destination for a free agent of a Jalen Brown or AD to be able to come. I just don't see it happening with what we have so far. Now that could change. P. Will makes a leap. Kobe makes another leap. Dalen makes a leap. If any of those three things happen and it makes the Bulls more of a, of a destination that somebody can look at and say, listen, I get to come play with Zach. I get to come play with P. Will. I get to come play with Dalen. These players have shown something. Then you may, you, you may have something there. But I don't necessarily think that the Bulls, as, as of right now with where we are, we have a chance to do that. Could be wrong on that. Let me know what you guys think on everything down below. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.